You are now listening to the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. We hope that the message that you will hear will inspire your walk with Christ and that it will encourage you to draw closer to God. Now let's listen to today's episode on the Sanctuary Church Living Word Podcast. Let it begin with me. Everybody, everybody point to themselves and say, self, it begins with me. I told y'all they try to tell you you're crazy if you talk to yourself, but sometimes you got to, you just got to talk to yourself. Ain't that right? I can't see y'all behind this. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, Lord, move this pole, but yeah. Let's look at Galatians chapter 5. And it's a long scripture there, but I just want you to stay with me for just a, a little bit, a little bit. And tell somebody, y'all know bishops, a little bit is a long time. Galatians chapter 5, verse 13 through Sunday 26, New Living Translation. Because I want y'all to get this scripture. You know, a lot of times we read stuff, but we don't read stuff. And, and, and you know, the pastor, the preacher can be preaching, and we saying amen and don't even know what we're saying amen to. So we got to get this word. Get this word. Tell somebody, get this word in you. Galatians 5, 13 through 26 says, For you have been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. But don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. For the law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. There it is again. But if you're always biting and devouring one another, watch out, beware of destroying one another. Verse 16 says, so I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. Now, I I got this here. I'm I'm going to let y'all sit down in a minute, but I got this here because I want us to see something, is that we think that sinful nature, the only thing it impacts us, that that it it leads us into is sex, alcohol, and drugs. And so if we're not caught up in that, we think we okay. But the word says, be careful because, okay, let me get this, let me get this. What verse am I on? It says, verse 17 says, the sinful nature wants to do evil. Anger is, uncontrolled anger is evil. That's what we're talking about. The sinful nature wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. That's the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit gives us desires that are opposite of what the sinful nature desires. These two forces, oh my God, that's where spiritual warfare comes in. These two forces are constantly, everybody say constantly, fighting each other so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. But when you are directed by the Spirit of God, you are not under the obligation to the law of Moses. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Watch this. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry. See, y'all thought, oh, y'all thought that I done passed you up because we done passed the sexual thing. And, okay, all right. Uh, let me go on here. Let me go on here. So he says, idolatry, sorcery, hostility. Tell somebody, I know ain't that ain't you. Quarreling, 
That ain't you. Jealousy? Uh-oh, we come and tell somebody he on his way down your, 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 your row. He on his way. Outburst of anger? Y'all didn't know that was in the Bible, did you? Selfish ambition? We talked about that. We preached about that last week, two weeks ago. Dissension? Division? Envy? Drunkenness? Wild parties? And other sins like these? Let me tell you again as I have before that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now that ain't Bishop Wilson talking. That's the word of God speaking into our spirits. That if that is your lifestyle, if that's your manner of behavior, I don't care how cute you sing, when, how cute you sound when you sing. I don't care how pretty you are when you preach. I don't care how fine you move when you usher. Those who practice such lifestyles, this ain't me, shall in no wise inherit the, in other words, you going to hell. Tell somebody, I ain't going there. You think it's rough. Okay, I ain't preaching yet. But there's good news. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The devil is alive. Oh, okay, let me let me self-control. Y'all go on sit down. Self-control. Uh, let me give you all my subject before I, I get gone. Uh, I want to finish talking about, Lord, I got a problem. And I need your help. Y'all don't have to say amen. But the Lord don't mind. Lord, I got a problem. And I need your help. And guess what? I'm going to finish the scripture in a second. All of us have in the past or presently or will have some kind of problem that we need God's help. That's why we have no right. We have no right. We have no right to look down our nose at somebody else because of their struggle. And it's, I'm, I'm often amazed that, that, that we're, we're most critical of people that are struggling with what we struggled with and God has brought us out. Uh, Y'all ain't saying amen. That's all right. You know the hardest person on an alcoholic is a person that's, done, that's dealt with an alcohol addiction. And they may be so hard on you because they still dealing with it, but they don't. Mm. See, a lot of times we have a tendency to point our fingers at somebody else so that 
take it off ourselves. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't want anybody to know. We don't want, so let me let me get this. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How many people do you know that's just out of control? You know, our, our, our last Sunday and, and Tuesday and, and this morning, we're, we're kind of focusing on anger, but anger is not the only issue that so many people face. We got, we got envy. We got worry. Hello, somebody. We got depression. What you sitting in here worrying about today? That's a problem. If, if your worry is overpowering your faith, you got a problem. Y'all ain't saying nothing. Depression. I thank God that he's blessed me to overcome that. But one of my greatest struggles was, and, and, that, and I had to understand, uh, Pastor Martin, that that was a spirit of, uh, uh, of uh, uh, it, was, it was a family thing. It was a generational curse. So many people in, in my family had, de had dealt with, with depression. And y'all looking at me funny because in all of our families, we got some hidden issues. Y'all looking at me real funny. All of us have got some stuff in us. It's either in our past, it's in our present, or it's coming in the future. Because sometimes all that stuff, them demons, they, they just ain't rose up yet. They there. They, they just haven't had their opportunity. And, and Oh, help us, Holy Ghost. And so when you stay, from, stay away from the presence of the word of God, you setting yourself up, self up. Tell somebody, don't set yourself up. You are setting yourself up. For them demons to say, they get together, they get connected, and they say, oh, we done got them away from the house of God. We done got them away from the word of God. They don't pray anymore. They don't meditate anymore. They don't listen to the word anymore. They got all that junk going in their ear gate and in their eye gate, and the demons from hell say, we got them now. That's why when you hook up with somebody and when you're dating them, y'all don't, don't use it. I don't know what y'all use now, but we used to call it dating. And, and when you're dating somebody, oh, they cool. You know, I used to sing to my lovely, lovelies to my wife. I write her poetry. I didn't know what I was writing, but I'd write her all that stuff. And, but when she got married, when she married me and when I married her, we saw some things and we experienced some things that we never knew was there. And that's because the devil gets us to a place. He'll isolate you. That's why you got to be careful saying, I ain't going today. I'm tired. I done been through this. I, 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 you know, I, ain't, I, ain't, I don't need that today. He'll isolate you. Little by little, I was talking to somebody the other day, and they were talking about they don't, they wasn't praying much. And I told them, I said, I ain't going to tell you what I told them. But uh, my point was, no wonder the devil got you so. He got you all twisted up. Your mind is messed up. I ain't got to my notes yet. But you know how old preachers do. They, they done preach before they preach. All messed up inside is because you lost your connection with God. 
And when you lose your connection with God, you've lost everything. Y'all ain't saying nothing. So we deal with that stuff. So, so, so the Bible says, uh, 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 y'all thought I forgot where I was going. Uh, Galatians uh, uh, chapter 5 verse 24 says, those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to his cross. We've nailed that. That stuff, that stuff, that craziness. That So don't be around here talking about I can't help myself. Maybe you can't, but God can. Well, Bishop, you don't understand. I've got some stuff. That don't make no difference. It makes no difference what you got going in your life. God is bigger than your issues. He's bigger than my issues. He's bigger than my anxiety attacks. He's bigger than my depressed spirit. God is bigger than your financial foolishness. He's bigger than that. We got to stop putting God in a box. Those who belong to Christ have nailed the passions and desires of their sinful nature to this cross and watch this and crucified them there. Crucified them there. Jesus didn't just die for our past sins. He died for our present and our future. He knew that we were going to step outside of God's will. And so when he hung that stuff to the cross, it wasn't just for my yesterday stuff. It was for my tomorrow stuff too. And sometimes because he nailed it to the cross, we'll go, he'll check us before we get there. What else is there? There's fear. There's pride. We talked about that last week, week before last. Self-image. image. There are addictions. There is abuse. October is uh, Domestic Violence Month. Where the month makes us and creates and shows us and gives us an awareness of domestic violence. And some of the most people that are guilty some of the people that are most guilty of that are still, they, we in the church. And that's why I tell us we, we got anger problems. We got anger problems and our children have anger problems. They've learned that behavior. And it didn't, it didn't start after they were born. It was in the mother's womb. Y'all ain't saying nothing. And so a lot of stuff that went, let me help you with that. When in, in my previous pastor, we were talking about this with somebody yesterday. Uh, we had a, I had a member, and I'm not saying this to condemn her. Uh, I'm just saying this to make a point of what we don't realize, how it affects that child that's in the womb. And so the mother was a crack cocaine addict. And so when the baby was born, Pastor Martin, and they couldn't keep, they couldn't bring the baby. You know, I told y'all last week that, that, that if you've been changed, if your diaper been changed, and if your poop been cleaned up, if you ain't hungry, that child has no reason to be crying other than 
that they are in an uncomfortable situation. Y'all didn't hear what I just said. So, so this, 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 this person had a crack cocaine addiction, and she got pregnant while she was in her addiction. And because she used crack cocaine while she was pregnant, that crack cocaine actually got in the bloodstream of that baby. Y'all ain't hearing me. And when the baby was born, the baby was born a crack baby. And the only thing the doctors could tell her that would help that baby get through his addiction was to give him Coca-Cola. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And my point there, even with anger, is that if you, or if you are pregnant and you got anger in your spirit and you're dealing with domestic violence situation, you bring forth a baby that's born angry. We're born in sin. Shaping in iniquity. That baby was born a crack cocaine baby. And because he was born that way, as a result of what was going on in his mother's womb. Abuse is real. And it's not just what somebody else is doing to us. Sometimes it's what we're doing to ourselves. That's why I told y'all the other week that we need to raise our children, our grandchildren, our godchildren, our nieces and nephews to understand that you are a prince. There's a king in you. You're a princess. There's a queen in you. We got to, because of our education system and the craziness that's out there, we've got to reaffirm and, and, and bring that into the affirm, into the spirits of our children that you are somebody. And not only them, tell yourself that. Okay, every one of these things, anger, envy, worry, depression, fear, pride, self-image, addiction, abuse, has a tremendous impact on building healthy relationships. I'll be glad when we get my, my stuff up here on the screen because it'd be easier for me just to point it out and then I don't have to preach as long. Y'all get that, right? <laughs> Y'all gonna, gonna tell the media, hurry up and get that stuff over so Bishop won't preach so long. So we talked about two things, that anger. We talked about anger as a noun and anger as a verb. Now here's what we got to catch. That anger as a noun is not an issue. It's not an issue. Because all of us get angry. Amen. All of us get upset. Somebody upset, let's see, it's 1 o'clock. Yeah, somebody upset right now because they missing the coats opener. I don't know what they're going to do, but they playing. It's after 1 o'clock. They just started. Somebody's upset. That, that bishop just said he's going to be here a little while, and I miss, uh, uh, don't you look at your phone. What is anger as a noun? It's a strong feeling of annoyance. You ever had people annoy you? So much so that I can't even stand to look at them. And don't call their name. 
I forgot, y'all real holy folk, y'all don't struggle with those things. But even as close, and I ain't as close as I thought I was, because there's some people's names or some people's faces that I look at and I say to myself, I can't stand them. Oh, that ain't you. That That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I need to take his collar off so y'all know the bishop ain't always the bishop 24-7. There are people that you, y'all, that ain't y'all. Look at somebody and tell them that ain't you. But there are people that I just can't stand. And the bad part of it is when I hear their name or I see their faces, it just irritates me. And y'all sitting there looking at me funny. Some of y'all got some irritations going on right now. Some things that are aggravating you. Just the mention of somebody's name just does something to you. But ain't nothing wrong with it if you keep it there. It's when it becomes a verb. It's how you respond to that anger. That's, that's that domestic violence thing. A lot of people are angry. They, and a lot of domestic violence is a result of how they were brought up. You do what you know and you think it's normal. You don't, you don't see anything wrong with it. Well, that, yeah, well, that's why you need to, yeah, okay, I'll leave that alone. But anyway, as a verb, your physical response to your emotional feeling is what can become the problem. And so that's why I say that, that our, our, our solution to gun violence is not more police. It's the word of God. Let me see, can I help y'all? A few years ago, uh, we, we were part of, you know, how the... Um, how the 10-point coalition, they call it now. But we would, out on the Circle City Classic weekend and, and uh, what that other one? Uh, Black Expo weekend. Y'all know when all the young people, hundreds of them, they on the streets and they walk in that block. And y'all want to see, y'all want, listen, I know y'all think all of our children are, they just anointed, they so, they so good, they so kind. We wasn't always acting under the anointing. And if the truth be told, there are a whole lot of times now that we still ain't. And I know ain't in good English, but we just ain't. And so we were doing the little walk. We were doing, we had on our little cute little t-shirts and all of that. We were looking good, walking around, walking around. And, and, and if you could have, and some of our, whoo, some of our church daughters, Some of our church sons. And they'd walk right up into some of us. They want to know what we doing here. Well, what you doing here looking like you looking. And so I had a situation, Brother Lee, I had a situation. And y'all don't know me. I'm a scary person. I'll take off and run in a minute. Brother Eric, I had a situation where me and this one guy, we were walking, and these two guys, <laughs> these two guys faced off with pistols. 
True story. They faced off with pistols, and me too, me and this other pastor, we were walking, and the police officer was standing with his back to them. I'm saying that to make a point that we think the solution is more police. The police was standing right there. They don't care nothing about the police. When you got a demon, the demon don't see the police. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying. And a whole lot of what we got going on in our homes today is we got demons. And when you got demons in your house, they ain't scared of who you going to call until you call Jesus. And I ain't saying that because it's me or the other pastor. But the only reason they didn't do something and kill each other is because the people of God that were under the anointing of God stood down face to face and said, you don't want to do that. Demons ain't afraid of no police. But they'll back down off of God's word. So, so when anger becomes a verbal response, how you handle those emotions. And, and here, here's what it is. Anger is that fight, flight, or freeze thing. You're going to fight? Done that a few times, too. But I know that, ain't y'all? But that don't make it right. And I still ain't all the way there. You getting me wrong. I don't know. You don't know what you might do. Honestly, you can be anointed. I'm anointed. So what? If the devil gets you wrong, we're going to see how anointed you are. Let him mess with your child. You'll see how much anointing you have. Let him mess with your spouse. We'll see how anointed you are. Let him mess with your church member. Listen, and, and your family member will see how anointed you are. I thought you were anointed. I thought you had it all together. The devil will try you. I, I had a situation. Y'all know I'm always talking about myself. I'm I had a situation where, where we, we took a bunch of our young people. And you, wanna, you want me to act crazy, mess with one of them young people. I ain't playing. And we were, we were getting on the elevator, and one of our one of our daughters had on her bathing suit. And another person in our group put his hands on her. I wasn't a bishop then. I got to go and get this message. I was a pastor, but I wasn't a bishop, Deacon Hayes. And I got that Negro on the elevator. And I closed the door and hit the don't move button. That was righteous anger, y'all. That was righteous anger. Because I had to remind him. You mess with one of them babies, you got to deal with me. And Pastor Mark wasn't long after that. He left us. Okay, let me pause. Well, I'm pulled deep. 
there's some things about anger I want us to catch. One is how you express anger is a learned response. I done already told y'all that. Because our sinful natures are quick to pick up on sinful patterns. That is so easy, even if we look at our children. Here, here's what I remember. I remember when, when y'all were little, y'all were little, and y'all used to come to our, our little old church on the, wasn't, well, actually, wasn't this big. We didn't have that little part over there. We just, and y'all busted out our walls and stuff. We had to have our walls shirt up. But here's what I remember. I remember all them little babies, all them little children. I'm like, they got more kids than I ever seen in my life. But here's what they were getting. They, they had something. Yeah. Because here's what I catch. That if, if they can, at two, at, one, at two years old, they can bop and bump and do whatever to the other stuff. Yeah. Why, think, why can't they dance to Jesus' music? They don't have to fully understand it yet, but if they're getting it in their ear gate. And some of them same little children are sitting in here today. I never thought I'd see them again, let alone be some of them pastor. But as a result of what they tr were trained when they were babies. That's what we missing. Oh, let them, they be all right. No, they won't be all right. Me and my wife was at a concert last night. I know it wasn't no church concert. <laughs> we were at the concert. What's her name? Layla Hathaway Layla Hathaway and all them. And you know, we's getting our little groove on. And you know, sometimes they would they would cut, you know how we just cut the music and, and everybody just sing. Everybody knew them songs. I mean, you could just it just sound like Somebody sitting behind us off, off even said, boy, that sounds like a melodious choir. But then I got to think, what if, what if that song was Jesus Keep Me Near the Cross? What if that song was I Pass Me Not, O Gentle Savior? What if that song was I Don't Feel No Ways Tired? Wonder if everybody could sing that song. Y'all get the picture. Our sinful natures. And I ain't saying that was sinful. That's not what I said. Y'all didn't hear me say that. Amen. That ain't what I said. Because I was there. And y'all probably saw my head bobbing. And I ain't got no rhythm, so I ain't got to worry about the rest. But my head was bobbing. <laughs> and I could dance from my seat. I could sit in the chair. And I, you know, I'm not saying that. That's not what I said. I'm saying that if you can learn the other stuff, why can't we get what God is teaching us? Our sinful natures are quick to pick up on sinful patterns. How we express anger is a learned response. And so if your only models on how to deal with anger are sinful, you'll probably be expressing your anger in sinful ways. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 1 through 3. I got to get that in. I'm going on. And you he made alive when you were spiritually dead and separated him because of your transgressions and sins in which you once walked. You were following the ways of this world influenced by its present age. 
in accordance with the prince of the power of the air, Satan, the spirit who is now at work in the disobedient, the unbelieving, who fight against the purposes of God. Among these unbelievers, we all, everybody say all. We all once lived in the passions of our flesh. I got to hurry up. We were, everybody say we were. That's my past. I'm saved now. I'm sanctified now. I'm filled with the Spirit and the presence of the Holy Ghost. That ought to be what we're saying now. We were by, we were, that's past tense, by nature. Children under the sentence of God's wrath, that's death. But there's good news. Verses 4 through 6 goes on and tells us, that, that just because you learn a negative response, God can take that negative and turn it into positive ways of dealing with your anger. How you express anger is learn the response. Secondly, how you express anger is a chosen response. It's a chosen response. I look at how crazy I used to be in road rage. Yeah, yeah Lee, I, I had a little road rage. And uh, I chose to respond that way because of some of those times my wife was with me and she said, now, Rev. And I just ignored her. See, God speaks to us not only just out of the cosmos, but he has people around us that he uses to help us put our brakes on. So some of those road rage responses, my wife would say, now, Rib, you don't want to do that. And I know, I know what she was saying, but I'm saying, yeah, okay, let me show y'all what I got here. You can always choose not to act out in anger, but that's not the problem. That's not the problem. The problem is we don't want to. She said, you ain't got to, Rib, you, Rib, you, I don't, I, don't, I ain't trying to hear what you're saying right now. They cut in front of me, and I'm going to get them. We can't keep talking. When you become saved, you can't keep talking about what the devil made you do. The devil ain't made you do nothing because God gave you a way. I'm going to show y'all. It's right here in the scripture. How you express anger is a chosen response. Y'all remember Cain and Abel. The way Cain responded to the situation with him, Abel, with Abel was a chosen response. He had time to bring his anger in check, but he got him off to a place. You can always choose not to act out. But we don't want to. Let me show y'all. God gives us a way out. It's right there in the Bible. I, I, when I was in the, in the seminary and, and, and uh, they taught us things, they said, now, when you preach, you ought not give them too much scripture. And I'm like, now that don't even sound right. Because it ain't about our philo philosophical thinking or our theological input. It's about what the word, let me show you what the word says. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, 13. Because you might say, well, I, I got this anger issue or whatever your issue is, but I, 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 
I, I can't help myself. Yeah, you can if you got God in you. You can. You don't have to yield. I'm going to show it to you even in the scripture that we read earlier from, from, from Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 and 23. God provides us when we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and our Savior of our life. The Holy Spirit comes to indwell the believer. And every characteristic that comes with that seed of the Holy Spirit is placed in us. 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says like this from the Amplified Version. It says, no temptation. Look at somebody and tell them, Nairn. I'm just about through. I really am. I'm really about through. No temptation, regardless of its source. Huh. How many of us find ourselves upset because of something that somebody put on social media. Don't y'all raise y'all hand. Did you see what they put on there? Yeah, I saw it. So what? That is Satan's tricking you. It's, a, it's his game plan. It's a part of the, the thing to get you upset, to get you angry, to get you mad. Yeah. No temptation, regardless of its source, has overtaken or enticed you that is not common to human experience. Yeah. It's why I like the Amplified Bible. It says, nor is any temptation unusual or beyond human resistance. Watch this. But God is faithful to his word. He is compassionate. He's trustworthy. And he'll not let you. Y'all read it. It's in the Bible. It says, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability to resist. But along with the temptation, he has put in my life and he'll always provide the way out as well. So that you'll be able to endure it without yielding. And will overcome the temptation with joy. Those two responses. You, can re you respond the way you do because it's a learned response. You respond the way you do because it's a chosen response. And thirdly, and that's going to be, I'm going to my last three pieces right here, is how to express anger as a godly response. There's a godly response. There's a way to do it. I, I got my stuff. And y'all laughing because some of y'all got it too. But that's not the way to respond. I got that to protect my house and protect what's in my house. That's my, okay. But how do we express anger with a godly response? I'm glad you asked that. I got three things and I'm out of here. First of all, recognize that you got a problem. Recognize I have a problem. I had to learn and I began to see that I had a problem because I had a situation in my life and on my front porch that I had I had what I got now, 
and that was about 15 years ago, my response would have been somewhat different. And he knew I wasn't playing, Pastor, because when I went to my house and I came back, I mean, when I turned, I didn't, my wife came out, she's going to rescue him. She's going to rescue him. She'd be, and, and I'm going to tell you, Miss Cheryl, what I told her, I was, I told my wife, I ain't never hollered at my wife, I said, but if you don't take yourself back in that house, I'm handling this right here. And, and he don't know he saved her. She saved him that day because when I turned around, that dude was gone. For real. I'm just being real. You know, sometimes we, we put ourselves so up here that people don't think, oh, no, we struggle too. Pastors struggle. Sometimes we struggle harder because Satan figured if I can get him, I know I can get them. Help us, Holy Ghost. Recognize there's a problem. He who has knowledge restrains and is careful with his words. Proverbs 17, 27. And a man of understanding and wisdom has a cool spirit. That cool spirit means self-control and even temper. And I talked about the signs of, of anger and early signs that we need to even recognize them in our children. Name calling, criticizing, belittling, put, putting down. That's why you got to be careful who you hook up with because if you're seeing some of that stuff already, why are you going? And then you marry them and say, Bishop, I need counseling. No, you don't need counseling. All I can do for you is get, oh, no, 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 no. You ain't going to worry me to death. You already knew. Now you want my advice. I ain't got nothing else to give you that I didn't have before. All right, let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. Name calling, criticizing, belittling, putting down, lack of patience, irritability, and short temper, blaming everyone and everything else for the problem. When you get angry, you shut down or with your draw. What's wrong with you, Ned? Why you ain't saying nothing? Just say. You know you're mad. And you know they mad, and you just keep irritating them, irritating them, aggravating them, aggravating them. You need to be quiet going about your business. Leave them alone because you don't know how they're going to react to the situation. Just leave them alone. Let it calm down. Let it shut down. Y'all ever seen people? Y'all ain't got nobody in here like that. Y'all ain't. Nobody. I told y'all I got to get down. I'm here. You, you know, you, you upset and. And you trying to go on about your business, they just keep following you. Yap, 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 yap. You trying to get yourself together and they yap, 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 yap. Tell somebody he ain't talking about you, he ain't talking about you. But we gotta make sure that we don't be the ones that's provoking the anger. If they shut down, let them lead down for a while. And wait on God. And then God says, okay, now it's time to talk. See, we want to jump ahead of God and say, God, you ain't handling this right now. I need to take it under control myself. And then you out of control. It's just like gun smoking. I'll be watching gun smoking. And Marshall Dillon got his and the, the opponent got theirs. That's what we're doing when we're arguing. 
We're going to see who draw first. That's what we're doing when we argue. Y'all y'all tell, tell somebody, don't look, don't look around, don't look around, don't look around. That's what we do when we argue. You might as well have two pistols in your hand. You're going to see who's going to win the fight. And ultimately, nobody wins. What's the sign? People avoid you. Don't be bothering with them. They always have something wrong with them. They always angry. They always mad. I don't want to be around. They, they, there's just something they, they put off negative vibes all the time. Only people that want to be around people that put off negative vibes all the time are people that put off negative vibes all the time. Let me finish. People avoid you. Your partner, your kids, your family members afraid to talk to you. People feel like they're walking on eggshells when they're around you. Oh, here's the last one. You got that Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde spirit. You were this person two minutes ago and And what happens a lot of times, we end up in relationships where we, we, we were talking to Dr. Jekyll, but we didn't know Mr. Hyde was there too. And, and, and let me get to my last point, and I'm done. No, I got two points. So, so you got to recognize the problem. And the more you understand how anger works or whatever the behavior, study the behavior that you have. And the more you understand how anger works in you, the more you'll learn to exercise restraint. So first of all, recognize the problem. Number two, request God's help. Did y'all hear what I said? Request God's help. So you can go to all the psychiatrists, all the psychologists, all the pastors, wherever you want to go. That's important because sometimes you need a help to get help. Hello, somebody. You got to know your limitations. And if you way out there, you need somebody to help you get back to God. Y'all didn't hear what I said. That's why the word says forsake not the assembling of the saints because you need the saints of God to help you get back to where you need to be. Some of us are out of control. Lord, I need help. I got a problem. I need your help. Request God's help. 1 John 1 and 9 says, if we freely admit that we've sinned and confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us of all unrighteousness for wrongdoing, everything that's not in conformity with his will and his purpose. You can't fix this problem on your own. You need God's help. Remember, I talked about the three triggers that jumpstart our anger. It's usually either hurt, it's frustration, or it's fear. So you got to ask God to heal your hurts. Stop crying to, to, to stop trying to control everything and give God your frustration. Let go of that fear and learn to trust God. As I said, there's no temptation such as is common to man that God does not give you the 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 what you need the 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 way out of your situation. God is there for you. Thirdly, and I'm finished. What's the real answer? Request God's help. 
And when you get God's help, rely on the Holy Spirit. That's what he's there for. I don't care what your problem. I don't care what your struggle. Ain't nobody going to get you over your struggle. Nobody can get you through your problem but Jesus. It takes his Holy Spirit. And if we're honest about it, all of us have been somewhere, done something, said something that God has delivered us from. And we know that if that song says, if it had not been for the Lord on our side, where would I be? He kept my enemies away. He brought the sunshine through a cloudy day. He rocked me in the cradle of his love. Rely on the fruit of the Spirit. Verse 16 in Galatians 5, 16 and 17 says, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. The sinful nature wants to do evil. That's what Paul was talking about. He said, when I would do good, evil's always present. The good that I want to do, I find myself not doing that. And that which I don't really want to do, I find myself, oh, wretched man that I am. Who shall deliver me? Nobody but Jesus. Let me cut this off. The fruit of the Spirit are those positive character traits that God builds in us through the Holy Spirit that counteracts and replaces the negative character traits that are in us because of sin. Romans chapter 10 verse 9 says, If thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and believe in thine heart that God has raised himself from the dead, you shall be saved. What does the word saved mean? It means deliverance. So what are you saying, Bishop? I'm glad you asked that. I was 15 when I accepted Jesus as Lord and Savior of my life. He saved me from my past. I still did some foolish things, even at 15, and I still do some foolish things. All of us do. And he's saving me even from my presence. My presence. When I look back over my life and I see some of the things I did as a teenager that had it not been for the grace and mercy of God, I'd been in the grave. But because of what Jesus did at Calvary, he's protecting me from all of that. Not only did he save me from my past and saving me in my present, but he's saving me. He's preparing me. That's sanctification. He's drawing me away from the sins of my past. And his Holy Spirit is drawing me closer as he is to you. 
if you've given your life to him. That's why the things we used to do, we don't do them no more. It ought not be just because you done got old and can't. I know a pastor. Okay, I knew a pastor. I'm just talking about what I'm talking about. One of the biggest whoremongers you could ever meet. But when he got old and couldn't whoremonger anymore. And I thought to myself, well, why didn't you, did you preach on that when you was? I said, oh, I understand now you can't whoremonger anymore, so. Don't wait till you feel like your time is running out because you don't, gotta, you don't have to get old. Amen. But give God your best now. Amen. Sanctification. He takes those sinful desires out of your spirit. He's cleansing us. He's getting us ready for heaven. And when you find yourself tempted to do evil, when you find yourself tempted to repay somebody else for the wrong they've done to you, remind yourself that God's Holy Spirit is getting me ready for heaven. And watch this, sometimes he'll put that stuff in your, God will put that stuff in your path to show us that we're not where we thought we were in our relationship with him. Lord, I got a problem. And I need your help. Now, Rodney, y'all ain't got to see this, sing this because you may not know it is. But there's a song I remember when when I was little. Mother Martin, it says like this, and I'm really done. It says, yield not to temptation, for yielding is sin. Each victory will help you, some other to win. Fight manfully onward. Dark passions subdued. Look ever to Jesus. He'll carry you through. And then they go and say, they say, ask. Somebody know that song, I hear you. Ask the Savior to help you. You can call Bishop all you want. You can call Pastor all you want. You can call your mama, your daddy, your sister, your brother, your aunt, your uncle, your godparents, all you want. But there's some things that they can't help you through. Ask the Savior to help you. Comfort, strengthen, and heal you. He's able to aid you. He'll carry you through. There's a piece of that that I'll, I remember. Shun evil compassion. Bad language disdain. I don't remember the rest of it, but it's, it goes on and it still says, ask 
the Savior. Lord, I'm in a mess. I'm all messed up. My mind is confused. I need your help. He's willing to aid you. Heal. He will carry you through blessings and peace be with you today. Thank you for listening to the Sanctuary Church Podcast. We pray that the message you just heard inspired your continued walk with Christ. To learn more about our ministry and our worship opportunities, visit us at www.tscindy.org or download our church app in your Apple or Google Play Store. Again, thank you for listening.